This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 115. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. On bonus episode number 115 we look at movies number 22 through 28 on my 31 of October list. That's right we are coming close to the end now. The conclusion of this series, looking at those 31 movies, will land this Friday with movies number 29 through 31. But I'm getting ahead of myself here, people. I'm getting ahead of myself. We still have seven movies to discuss on this episode. Now, as you are aware, this is your second of what will be six episodes of the podcast Under the Stairs coming out this week. Six is insane. I understand that. Trust me, no one, no one out there is looking forward to ramping this motherfucker back and taking a bit of chill time as much as this guy. I have fought through flu um, this last two weeks, uh, putting out these podcast episodes, just to make sure that you guys have some awesome content out there from podcasts under the stairs. And the feedback has been brilliant, so thank you very much for checking it out. Now, we dropped an episode yesterday. That was Bazoween episode number five. So that was the final conclusion of the Bazoween episodes. Uh, we finished with Suspiria. It was an emotional episode. If you all got to the end, then you all know why it was an emotional episode. And yeah, um, that was our first one. Today's obviously this episode here. Tomorrow we're putting out a very special Halloween episode, trying something different, something a bit quirky, something a bit more fun. Um, and then on Thursday, we will be putting out an episode where myself and Andy Blockley do a review of the new Halloween movie. It was recorded about two weeks ago. Um, so that one will be coming out on Thursday. And then Friday, like I said earlier on, is movies 29 through 31 of the Teapots at 31 of October. We take a break on the Saturday. We'll roll into Sunday with a little bit of the 88 Films Italian Collection series. So there we go. Yeah, that's a nice setup. I like that. That was kind of cool. We're going to take a break. Yeah, nice and short. I'm going to try and keep the episodes out with the bigger ones this week nice and short so we can ramp through them. Uh, And to be honest with you, there is few and far between the great parts of the movies that we watched um, in movies 22 through 28. This was a rough patch, I'll be honest with you. Um, and uh, next year, I might move back to moving away from the streaming sites again, back to the formula that I used previously, which is like me actively going out and seeking physical copies, VOD, etc., uh, for movies that I really want to see, as opposed to ones that just fill the brief 
um, because I feel like this year I've seen my fair share of bad horror movies. Uh, and yeah, most of them came in this grouping here. So there we go. Yeah, so I'm going to take a short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear a little bit of music. And then we're going to kick it off. Movies number 22 through 28 of the Teapots. 31 of October. All that and more coming right up right after this. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Which versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break!
you were going to be here for. You said that I'd be back before graduation. You should stay at our mountain house. I thought you guys were selling. I just have to leave for a bit on Sundays during open houses. It's good to see some new faces. You must be Logan. Everybody knows everybody in these small towns, huh? So sorry for what happened to your husband. I lost my husband a few years back. Death. It's like it moves in and never leaves. Search the entire house. There's no one here. We had an open house here a few days ago. Maybe someone found a spare key laying around or. Or maybe someone stayed. Probably just some kids trying to scare the newcomers. <sighs> Didn't feel like kids. Who's that? Hey! Hey! Something is clearly going on. Hello? Is anyone there? That's always nice to know you have someone nearby. Quiet out here can get real loud. So that first movie, number 22, was a Netflix exclusive. I actually think this might be a Netflix movie just in general. Came out back in January and to be honest with you, this is my fault because I heard a lot of bad things about this movie and I didn't watch it. And then when it came time to compile the list, curiosity got the better of me. I was like, surely cannot be as bad as everyone said it was. As of course, The Open House, directed by Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote. Um, they were both the writers on this one. Neither have done a huge amount of directorial work before. They appear to have worked on a ton of different things, whether that's in the effects department or as actors. So um, this is them kind of really turning in their first big uh, movie, so to speak. Um, and the cast wasn't all that bad. The main character here is played by uh, Dylan Minnette and... If you have watched things like um, 13 Reasons Why, he's the main character in that. So he's kind of big name, so I imagine that's probably why Netflix put it out, and I imagine that's probably why Netflix put it out in January, uh, as your stopgap filler between season one and season two of 13 Reasons Why. Um, the movie also stars Percy Dalton, Patricia Bethany, uh, Sharif Atkins, Arne Abrams, Edward Olsen, Katie Walder. The synopsis is listed on IMDb for this one as a teenager and his mother find themselves besieged by threatening forces when they move into a new house. Yeah, this movie was garbage, right? This movie was absolute rubbish. Um, I was actually surprised at how bad this movie was. Um, and it's not because I think there's... Um, no, I'm, I'm not even going to try and defend it. Let's just let's, let's just call a spade a spade here. Uh, the story is cliche. 
It's kind of been done before by a lot of movies and a hell of a lot better than this one. It leans into it being potentially a supernatural mystery uh, when actually really what it wants to be is like some weird version of The Strangers meets Funny Games yet without any of the, the wittiness, the cleverness or even the kind of the, the satire. Um, the script is dreadful, the characters are unlikable and this movie has a total fuck you ending which I'll be honest with you, the movie itself did not justify at all, didn't merit. Um, it was There was weird like echoes, like shite echoes of um, other things I'd seen in other movies and I, I just got s- struck with the fact that I was unsure what they were trying to do here. Um, surely the movie is to try and give us some sort of sympathetic character. Surely the trauma that this uh, mother and son have went through in the, the death of the father figure um, should on some level make us feel kind of sympathetic towards him. Yet somehow it didn't manage to do that. And then the overt meanness of the movie towards him wasn't fucking justified. Um, and I really hated the ending. I really, really hated the ending. Um, and we get no rhyme or reason for anything. And it seemed just a bit implausible at times. Like, things were happening. I know it's a horror movie, Duncan. Things are implausible. Um, but certain things were happening. I was like, you would know. You would know. It's your fucking house. You would know. Um, so, yeah. I just... It, it never really got off the ground at all. I just kind of treaded water from the start to the finish. Uh, tried to copy other much better movies without really giving its own sense of individuality or even a voice. Um, And when it finished, I hated myself for for having watched it. Uh, So yeah, The Open House gets a 1 out of 5 on the Netflix scale for me. I hated it. Yeah, don't watch this movie. I know if you haven't watched it, don't watch it. Um, If you did watch it, we're in the same boats now. We're hatred buddies, yay! So yeah, that was number 22, The Open House. Are you searching for something? Wish you could restart. Well, now you can. Okay, everybody. Who's ready to change their lives today? Join us. Welcome. As you try a brand new program and face your demons today. Thank you so much. And now, your cleansing kit. Each kit contains four drinks that you must consume by the end of the day. The next stage will be the elimination process. Question, when you say elimination process, you, you, you mean like... Yes, Harry. The cleanse you drank has expelled all the negativity from your life. And put it into what you see before you. Something came out of me. That's perfectly normal. What am I supposed to do? What the hell is that? You haven't seen your... I know this can be a scary process. You wouldn't believe what came out of it. Don't you want to get better? It was smaller at first. 
Once you finish this, will be a beautiful thing. Number 23 on my list was The Cleanse, a.k.a. The Master Cleanse. Um, this one was originally out in, I believe, the festival run for it was about 2017, but finally made its way uh, to platforms that people could view it properly um, May 2018. This one was a VOD uh, purchased for myself, uh, picked up through Amazon quite glad that I did. Um, the movie was written and directed by Bobby Miller. Now, Bobby Miller has, once again, he's another guy who's done a ton of writing, done a bit of directing. Um, to be honest, most of what he's done, I've never seen. Never seen a lot of shorts and things like that. Uh, since I'm kind of swinging over into kind of main feature territory. Really good cast in this movie. Like, strangely good cast in this movie. We have a, a Johnny Galecki, the dude from Big Bang Theory, Anna Friel, Kyle Gallner, Angelica Houston's in here. Um, we have Oliver Platt also makes an appearance. Kevin G. O'Connor's in here. Um, so yeah, like a pretty good summation of of kind of quirky different cast that we've seen in various different things from comedies to horrors and, and all the middle ground in between. Um, the synopsis for this one is a heartbroken man attends a spiritual retreat to cleanse himself and fix his broken life. There he meets a fellow lost soul and together they discover that the cleanse releases more than everyday toxins, a lot more. I really liked this movie. Um, I thought that uh, I can see why it maybe did the festival circuit, maybe played at quite a lot of horror festivals. I would say that this, to stretch this even into a horror comedy, is really pushing the line of what we class as a horror movie. Um, yes, there are creature effects in here, and I, I imagine that's maybe where things go. And there is a definite darkness in this movie, particularly the end, which left my jaw on the floor and how dark the turn took. Where, to be honest with you, I thought from the beginning I knew. Let me put it this way: I knew what the ending was going to be. I, I kind of got a sense of where the ending was going from about the halfway mark. And certainly, that's what happened. Uh, the movie very much wears its metaphor uh, right up front. Its message, it's um, its not hiding things, you know, cleverly in pockets for you to, to later on sit there and go, oh, I wonder if this movie means this. No, it's, it's, it's very much at the forefront. Um, that being said, I found it touching. I found it very quirky. I thought the casting was perfect. I thought the actual creature effects themselves were bloody brilliant. I thought, um, in fact, it's like practical uh, creature effects as well, like animatronics and stuff. That really, really, really kind of caught my attention. And we don't see a lot of that anymore out, out with the 80s. And it was done incredible here. Um, I, I just like the idea of like deeply flawed, wounded characters trying to do something that they felt, you know, might better themselves. And, you know, that this culture that we live in today, you know, it's all about change your diet and cleanse this and drink this and do this and wake up at this time. And, you know, th 
the movie kind of speaks to that culture as a bit of a satire, but at the same time, I think it, it, it was just a, it was a wonderfully weird, well, well-crafted movie. I can't really say much more about it. There isn't really a lot to hang your hat on in this movie at all. It's very minimalist, but what they do, they do very, very well. Um, and like I say, the ending was abrupt, um, and yeah, it caught me, caught me by surprise. I I, I wasn't expecting it. I I I got a little bit emotional at the end. Uh, no tears, cause I don't cry. But I'd feel a bit glum when the movie finished. And uh, yeah, I, I think they did that very, very, very well. So for me, um, the cleans, aka the master cleans, gets a four out of five on the Netflix scale. Fear as a scent. <laughs> I know it, and it knows me. What happened here happened before! I haven't seen a car in 50 miles. You know what I just thought of, right? Kenny and Darla. You believe that story? I thought they'd go looking for her head. They only found the car. They never found her head. What's he doing? What the hell is that? He dumped something down that pipe. Wrapped in a sheet. Is this your idea of a little adventure? I'm just gonna look. Hello? You know the part in scary movies where somebody does something really stupid and everybody hates them for it? This is it. Every 23rd spring, for 23 days, it gets to eat. Eat. What the hell is that thing? He must have five, maybe six hundred bodies down there. You've got something it likes, one of you. Creepers. Up next, Jeepers Creepers 3, or as I like to call it, Fuck This Movie, um, written and directed by Victor Salva, based on characters by Victor Salva. Uh, the movie starred Stan Shaw, Gabriel Ho, um, Brandon Smith, Meg Foster, Jordan Solomon, uh, Chester Rushing, Jason Bale, Ryan Moore, uh, Michael Cyril, other folks are in here. Um, synopsis for this one. Sheriff Dan Tastego and his team of creeper hunters enlist the help of Officer Davis Tubbs to help stop the monsters eating spree. Um, so this movie is obviously the third 
in the, the Jeepers Creepers franchise, hopefully the last. Please, God, let this die. Do not give them an opportunity to resurrect this one as well. And there was a whole fucking lot of controversy about this movie. I don't really want to get into it. The pros and cons of whether or not you see a Victor Salva movie. Are you promoting um, the fact that the guy was a convicted child molester? And I don't have to like Victor Salva in order to watch his movies. Um, it gives me great joy to hate this movie though. I, I will be honest about that. Um, I really liked the first Jeepers Creepers movie. I thought the first Jeepers Creepers movie was something that felt wholly unique and original at its time of release. It was this idea of the kind of stash, kind of slash stop killer uh, angle, this kind of road killer, which we were getting a lot of movies like that, like Joyride and I think the Hitcher reboot had come out by then. And we were getting a lot of this this kind of movie, and then. You know, we, we, we pivoted it to the kind of more supernatural element at the end. Uh, this idea of the Creeper himself, which I thought was a great character. Didn't like the second movie. I thought the second movie kind of lost me in that it should have been a really interesting Siege movie, but the, there was too much creature time on the, on the screen, and so much so that I found them a bit goofy in parts. And all the menace was gone. All the menace was gone. And I just couldn't get behind it. So when we came back to the third one, I was like, right, we're going to jump ahead. Uh, the second one left on a bit of a cliffhanger. We're going to jump ahead into the future when he is coming back as this hussed out carcass in a barn. And we'll, we'll take things from there. Uh, and this movie just pretends that that didn't really happen to an extent. And then, then jumps back into the time frame set around the first two movies. Which, we've exhausted that. I don't want to spend any more time there. Let's move on with the story. And this movie didn't do that. Um, there is a whole hell of a lot of creature time on this one. Some new gadgets which didn't exist before. Um, a lot more stuff about the van kind of having a mind of its own. Uh, which is never really explained. Um, a lot of death. Needless death. Before he was killing people to gain their parts. To eat them. To gain his parts. To sustain them through the... The, the kind of his hibernation for 23 years or whatever it was in this movie we kind of abandon that he's just killing willy nilly to be honest with you um, there's a twist to do with his hand which has been severed from a previous encounter and if you touch this hand you you get to start to see into the background of his, his history and all the rest doesn't really lead to anything doesn't really mean anything um, it's another thing that's kind of shoehorned in here uh, it's always great to see Meg Forster yeah, it's just always great to see Meg Foster. She's brilliant. Her face is very narrowed these days and she adds an authenticity to any role she does. She's, very, she's a good actress. Very underutilised actress and she's brilliant in this movie. But that is about it. The rest of this movie was... It's an hour and 40 minutes. Dear God, shorten the fucking movie then. This movie should never be more than an hour and 20. Um, the cops are kind of interesting characters but they get deaths which are to be honest with you, a bit pish. Um, and yeah, the whole kind of, there could be another one, just, oh, we're going to tie it into the future with a character. No, fuck this movie. I really, really, really didn't like it. Um, it's well shot. And that's about it. Meg Forster. Watch her and everything. She's really, really good. Uh, Jeepers Creepers 3 uh, gets a one. Yeah, I hated this movie. I do not recommend you watch. And hopefully, like I say, this will be the last.
And up next is Romina. This is a Mexican horror movie which is available on Netflix. It's worth saying Jeepers Creepers 3 also available on Netflix. Don't fucking watch it. And I'm going to probably kick a don't watch it out to Romina as well. Um, this movie is a classic example of what happens when people think that just swinging a camera on and torturing some teens equals a movie. Um, this is written and directed by Diego Cohen. The movie stars a lot of people whose names I will butcher, sorry, Francesca Lo- Lozano, uh, Aran Taz Roots, uh, Oliver Nava, Claudia Zepeda, Walter Bercht, uh, Roberto Beck, and we'll stop it there. Uh, synopsis for this one, a shocking assault inspires horrific violence when a group of teens encounter a girl from their school while camping in a remote spot. Yeah, there's a whole hell of a lot of nothing happening in this movie and then it really ramps up into a lot of kind of torture porn stuff at the end. Um, it's not long, that is his only saving grace. It's about an hour and 15 minutes all in. And yeah, it was just a grim watching experience. This is the sort of thing I would expect to see on like a festival in a much shorter form, like maybe like a 10 minute short. It's one of these things where look out for this director coming soon, look at this horrific nasty little number they pulled off. Um, yeah, there's. There's just no depth to any of the characters here at all. Everything is a kind of a, a very superficial sort of um, superficialities about the characters. The script is awful. The acting is not great. Um, the plot didn't really make sense, and yeah, it just trundled on until characters started being hogtied and butchered and at that point I was like, I really don't know what we're doing here and the ending was shit um, so yeah, how, once again Netflix, I know we've been praising you a lot I've been praising you a lot you've been doing a lot really, really well for us some of the stuff you put in October is incredible how this is on Netflix is beyond me I don't know who stroked whose dick uh, to get this movie on Netflix or, or you know fingered the wee man in the boat for some executive um, there is no way this should be on Netflix this is amateur hour at its finest I did not like this movie really 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 disliked this movie uh, Romina gets a 1 it's, I hate it hate this one as well a lot of 1's on this episode hate it um, yeah so there we go that was Romina available on Netflix Don't shoot me. This can't help you, okay? Here they come. Who, Dean? Who's coming? Nobody's coming. Dean, stop this nonsense. Please, just stop. Listen, I promise you, there was... There was something in my room. Hallucinations are very common with sleep paralysis. This wasn't a hallucination, okay? They were standing over me, staring down at me. Mommy? Come Nathan, let's go. Mommy, this is the man. The man in my room told me to go to the woods. I thought I told you to tell him to go away. I did. He said that if I ever said that again, he'd kill mommy. I got two missing kids, and your son's a witness. You know what I think? I think you know what happened out there. 
I think you know it was wrong and you didn't do anything. You protect your family, Doc. Find a way where they'll come for you too. Next and keeping it on Netflix is Be Afraid, uh, directed by Drew Gabreski. Um, the movie had not a bad cast, people that you've seen before, uh, Brian Cruz, uh, Jimmy Page, Lewis Hertham, Jared Abramson, uh, Michelle Hurd, Michael Leone, Kevin Horton. Uh, Eric Chandler, some other folks in this movie. Synopsis for this one is Not long after, John Chambers and his family arrive at their new home in a small country town in Pennsylvania, John begins to experience sleep paralysis. Lying there, paralysed, trapped with his own nightmare, otherworldly beings visit John. They're entities which exist in the darkest of shadows and of the night can only be seen at the corner of one's eye. These encounters begin to haunt John, transfer, transforming to complete terror as he discovers the entity's sole purpose, the abduction of his seven-year-old son, Nathan. Two words to describe this movie. TV movie. That's exactly what this felt like. It had all the cinematography, all the charm and all the melodrama of a TV movie. Um, I quite like the idea of them starting to experiment with sleep paralysis, but to be honest, I kind of got where it was going pretty quick. Uh, the family dynamic isn't great in this movie, it's all a bit twee, um, and the the reveal at the end was eye-rolling, like um, Robert Downey Jr. eye-rolling gif style, is how, how bad the eye-roll was. Um, it doesn't do anything offensive, which is, you know, is difficult to justify the grade. I mean, the acting's of fairly good standard for a TV movie, although this is certainly not a TV movie. It feels like a TV movie. Uh, the script wasn't terrible. Um, the location itself was all right. Some of the effects were pretty cool. Um, but it's just not a great movie. It's about an hour and 40 long as well. So once again... Short wins the day, you know, keep this concise. It's a bit baggy and a bit bloated in certain areas in here where we really lean into the family dynamics and the, you know, the I don't want my son to be kidnapped, um, which I'm throwing out there. It's like a serious thing, but, you know, in this movie, it's just not handled with that sort of grace or panache. Um, and yeah, the, the end scene made me chuckle at how over the top it was. It was like, like some really bad public service announcement ad for you know you know what you what you should be doing in the house right you see when they do those funny things where they they try and advertise a product by people making exaggerated ways of spilling products uh, i always laugh at them you know like someone pours a bowl of popcorn goes to lift it but comically trips and throws it all over everyone um it's kind of like that's what the ending of this movie is like it's, it's handled with the same amount of grace um yeah it's not a good movie at all it's really really not uh, but like I say, I find myself in a position not to handle the, the hate tag out 
but I can't really say that I didn't really like either, somewhere in between the two. So Be Afraid got a 1.5, I would say miss this one out. Uh, there's really not enough of anything in here which I would use as a positive to be something that you should go across and check. So yeah, that is Be Afraid or, 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 or Be Somewhere Else. Be somewhere else and do something else. How about that? We don't need to get into this with them. Get into what? Your mom's trying to cure me. It's just a vacation. Thank you for doing this. And you don't really want to be Maybe there. Maybe it'll work. Do you think that's the cabin that we're in? Yeah. Looks like it. Snow's starting to come down and it's gonna be heavy out there tonight, so be careful. I was born and raised in these woods. I'll be just fine. Casey, help! Casey, help! What do you want me to do? Just do it. What doesn't you She's awake. What's your name? Leslie Bison. Dark Horse Leslie Bison. Leslie, I'm gonna go down and get you some help. Sure. I'm not a renter. If things had been different, you could have joined us. You certainly have the stomach for it. The stomach for, for what? What's coming next? Which brings us to our next movie, which is Dead Night, directed by Bradford Barra. Um, this movie, once again, another great cast uh, in this one. I saw this one on BOD. I purchased this one also from Amazon. Stars Bria Grant, E.G. Bowen, Barbara Crampton, Sophie Dalla, uh, Elise Luthman, Joshua Hoffman, Daniel Roebuck, uh, Joy Osmansky. And the synopsis for this one is a caring mother loses her sanity, sets off a chain of events resulting in tragedy and murder. The story of Casey Pollock unfolds from two very different perspectives when one night in the woods culminates in absolute terror. So what to say about this movie is that this to me felt like a festival movie. Now that doesn't mean to degrade it or demean it in any way. Um, I would struggle to own this because uh, it just feels like this is a movie perfectly pitched towards a festival audience. I love the idea of it kind of 
giving you two sides of the same coin um, and that these events did happen but we're at ground level seeing it from maybe an unreliable witness's eyes uh, and also at the same time from an investigation program like Inside Crime um, that is looking at it from their perspective as well. Barbara Crampton is awesome in this movie. E.G. Bone plays a, a fairly downcast character. I'm used to seeing him as more villainous. He's, he's certainly not that way in this movie at all. And um, Barbara Crampton is, like I say, she steals the show because she's Barbara Crampton and she's hot as fuck. But she's a great actress and she plays wonderfully two parts of the same sort of character. Um, one is this kind of respectable, kind of running for governor sort of character. Another one is this one that may have an ulterior motive. Um, there are elements of kind of sci-fi in here as well, in a weird way, but it's, it's certainly definitely pitched to the, the horror audience. I thought the practical effects were really cool. Um, there's a bit of gore in here for the gore hymns. And, um, yeah, it was just a fun movie. This movie doesn't really have much to hang your hat on at all, but at an hour and 26 minutes long, see that other movies that weren't, hour and 26. Um, it knows exactly what it's doing. It gets in and gets out pretty quick. It uh, does what it needs to do. And I like the jumping between ad campaigns, this inside crime programme, and the events that were happening, and the fact it keeps you guessing all the way to the end without giving you an explanation as to what is actually happening. Um, so yeah, I, th I thought this one was actually quite a bit of fun. I enjoyed it quite a lot, actually. Uh, surprising. wasn't I hadn't heard much about it before um, until I was compiling my list. I think it did fairly well on the festival run. Uh, I would give this one a 3.5 out of 5. Somewhere between I liked it and really liked it. So that is Dead Night. What the hell is that sound? Wolf cop. Wolf cop. Wolf cop. Yeah, there's a new cop in the streets. Lou? You're a wolf. Cop. Dumping dead bodies in my duffel bag. Slash your face, rip the head off your body. Slam a cold bullet, pump your body with the shoddy. Don't bother trying to hide, cause there's no way you can run from the wolf cop. You promised me you would stay locked up. Where's your car? To try to hide from the wolf cop. I want his hairy head on my mantle. Oh, damn. Mr. Wolfie got a plan. Forget Frankenstein. Bring it off, beast man. Is that fool? This will turn it back. We don't need any unnecessary attention. Woodhaven PD is all about discretion. Yeah, you've got everything under control. Cause I'm a wolf cop. Yeah, looks like I'm running into a wolf fight. Which brings me to the last movie. Movie number 28 was supposed to be Annihilation. Um, from Alex Garland, director of Ex Machina. Instead, I swapped that to Monday, so that will be the movie that leads on our 29th through 31 uh, episode drop-in on Friday. Instead, what I decided to do was swap that from what would have been Monday's movie. Now, there is a reason behind that. Um, I'd been on a run of fairly mediocre movies that I felt that Wolf Cop, uh, being a movie that I enjoyed but didn't love, with a sequel called Another Wolf Cop, could very well be a movie which was... Uh, for me, so I want to kick off my new week, my final week, the week of Halloween with said movie, so I swapped it out and another wolf cop became movie number 28. 
is directed and written by Lowell Dean and the movie stars Leo Fafarad, uh, Yannick Beeson, Amy Matsio, uh, Jonathan Cherry, Serena Miller, Delivery Jacobs, Chris Blackwell, Alden Aldier, other folks are in here. Um, synopsis for this one is alcoholic werewolf cop Lou Garou springs into action when an eccentric businessman with an evil intention seduces Wolf Woodhaven's residence with a new brewery and a hockey team in this outrageous horror comedy sequel. Now, I enjoyed Wolf Cop. I didn't love it. I enjoyed it. Probably a 3.5 movie for this guy. Um, another Wolf Cop is not as good as the first one. I, I just felt the jokes were not as punchy. Um, because you've already seen a Wolf Cop movie before, it's difficult, I think, to start to do things which make it original. Um, I kind of played over a lot of the stuff I'd seen before, which at the time was fresh and quick and witty. And I mean, it is a funny movie, and some of the scenes certainly move right into the realms of trauma cinema, which, as people know, I have a kind of love-hate relationship with trauma. Um, I mean, the Wolf Cop character is great. The, the practical effects are, are cringy and awesome. Um, I just felt like the story wasn't awesome. Uh, it is kind of trying to bring this kind of Tromaville idea of, well, this is this town and this is what happens. Uh, Kevin Smith appears for a cameo and I was like, well, isn't this quaint? Um, and yet, it just, it got a bit, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, it got a bit too ridiculous and I just lost my interest. About halfway through this movie, I was very much aware that my phone was in my hand. Um, it's not long. Blitz through this one. I bought this one on DVD as well. Uh, came out in the UK, and I'm I'm promptly selling it because I don't really collect DVDs. Um, so I'm gonna promptly sell this one and get rid of it. But yeah, it's not. But if you liked Wolf Cop, you're gonna like another Wolf Cop. I just don't think you're gonna enjoy it as much as you enjoyed Wolf Cop. That's my personal feeling on it. And there isn't really much more I can say about it. Um, it's a Christmas horror movie though, so if you want a Christmas horror com, uh, you can watch this one set around Christmas time. Uh, another Wolf Cop gets a 2.5 out of 5 from me. Uh, somewhere between I didn't like it and I liked it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, the thing is, I know for a fact if they put a third one out, not another Wolf Cop, um, I will watch that one as well. I, there's something about it that's it's very easy to watch but with a critical eye and coming off this pretty naff week that we've had watching this and the fact I'm still choked with the flu just did it did not uh, all rack up to a great experience for Duncan so there we go 2.5 out of 5 and there we go that's movies number 22 through 28 I'm going to take my final break when I come back and closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 115. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish, and uh, you have been tracking your way through movies number 22 through 28. On my 31 of October list, we have a mere. Got three movies left to go, 29, 30, 31. And to be honest, it could go 
either way, uh, I, I have, in a lot of respects, saved some of the best for last. So, Monday's movie will be Annihilation. Uh, Tuesday's movie is a movie I've really been interested in. It's a wee cheap movie on Shudder called Dead Body. I just I like the poster artwork. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Clue, so I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but we'll wait and see. But the mainstay, the big one, the heavy hitter coming in on Halloween will be Mandy. Uh, Panos Cosmatos, a uh, new film director of Beyond the Black Rainbow, returns with Nick Cage for Mandy, a movie that everyone is telling me is going to be up there as damn near my movie of the year, and I can't wait to see if they're right. It looks fucking bitching. But let's not jump ahead, let's not jump ahead. I will be back tomorrow with my Halloween episode. That's right, dropping tomorrow, Halloween time. Ooh, yeah, let's do this, some bitch. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. Looking forward to trick-or-treaters coming to my door. Looking forward to sitting down with the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, and then swinging in to a little bit of Mandy before closing out the night with a tradition in the McLeese household is, of course, a little bit of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. So that is my Halloween uh, schedule all booked up. You also have a podcast under the stairs episode as well to get you through your day. There is a multitude of ways to check out the show. If I had a better voice and more energy, I would tell you about all the great ways you can interact with us. But I am tired, ladies and gents. I am so, so tired and still not well. Um, so yeah, you know if you're checking us out where you can find us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, the TuneIn app, SoundCloud. We've got a website, it's tputzcast.com. We've got a merch page, it's tputzcast.bigcartel.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast and facebook.com forward slash tputzcast as well as on Instagram and on Twitter. Both can be followed at tputzcast. I'm going to take my leave of you just now. I'm going to go and lie down for a wee while. Get to work on that Halloween episode that I have in my mind and see if it sounds half as good when recorded as I think it will. Uh, but wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs. Ladies and gents, I am signing off.